I'm not around very many people at this time, this point in time, but you might be. If you are, you really have to watch for deception. For in the last days, perilous times will come, says Paul, because men will be lovers of them, them own selves. They're not really thinking about you when they suggest something. They're thinking about what they want. So you have to be rather careful. Proverbs chapter 12, I believe it is, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So many things can seem right to us, but if they're not authored by God, they will lead us into forms of destruction. In my case, I'm not around very many people for them to bring deception to me, but spirits bring ideas to our mind, and sometimes those ideas will take us in the way that is opposite to that which we believe God has shown us. We must make a deliberate effort to go in the way that we believe is of God. Sometimes a person who says he is a minister will bring a concept opposite to the way of God or opposite to the scriptures. There was a man that I met one time. He owned a concrete business. He identified himself to me as a deacon in one of the Baptist churches. He came into my apartment to visit with me concerning a concrete job. Amazingly, he propositioned me to have sex with him. I just got up from my living room, went and got my Bible, and read a passage of Scripture to him. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Also, Paul says at the time of sexual intercourse, the two become one flesh. He says that in the same passage of Scripture. When I read this Scripture to that man, he wanted no more to do with me. He basically fled my house. I heard later that he had propositioned other women in the church. What would happen if a man who is a deacon in the church group, what would happen if he propositioned a 15-year-old girl who didn't know the Bible? It could be really bad. Make no mistake, there is evil in our churches. This man came to me saying, God knows we need sex. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 explains that. Paul says to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and every woman have her own husband. This man had his own wife. I knew his wife and daughter. And yet he's out propositioning 
women in the church. It's such an evil. I know another man who had a tragic story. He was married and had three children by this wife. One child died, but he had three children. And then he found out she was a lesbian, and she left him. It was really a bad story. This man uh, identifies himself as a Catholic. I knew that he was having sex with women outside of marriage. I assume he went to the Catholic priest and confessed his sins, but then went back and had sex with women outside of marriage. I warned him. I warned him that, I, I said, you want to do what's best for your children, for your teenage children. You must not do fornication in front of your, with your teenage children. You must not set that example. The thing you do to avoid fornication is to find a decent woman and marry her. I don't think he did that at first, but later he did marry one of the women or a woman that he had been having sex with. But I know he went on cruises and things like that with his children and this woman before they were married. This, this is such a terrible story because the children already have a problem with the mother, with their mother. And then to see their dad doing this, and they don't know Bible. So it's a really difficult story in every direction. But what the man needed to do was the decent thing, which is, after he, his wife left him and divorced him, hunt a woman that has not been divorced, marry her, set a proper biblical example for your children. If we sin, I know we open doors for the devil to move into our lives and bring about even more sin until we're finally destroyed. Some people are looking for freedom to sin, meaning be approved in their sin. We who are really of God want freedom from sin, and the scriptures show us freedom from sin. If we go that way, we're free from sin because we don't go in the way of sin. And all of it's in the New Testament Bible for us to read today so that we will know the way to go that is of God. There is a woman who was in our church group for 39 years and she railed out against me and ended up separated from us. I felt at the time God was showing me, leave her alone until she comes in true repentance saying she's sorry for what she did. Don't try to go to her and get her to reconcile unto you. And I was reminded of Nebuchadnezzar. He was the king of Babylon. And we have an example in Daniel chapter 4 where Nebuchadnezzar was going to be driven out from men. And he would dwell with the beast of the field and they 
shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven. And seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. I felt God was showing me by that, that this woman would be separated from us for a period of time until she really came to know and respect the church, the offices in the church, and see what she had done by raiding out against me and that I should leave her alone. But yesterday, an idea came to me that I should try to reconcile with this woman, that I should call her and try to reconcile. Well, I can't do both. I felt God was showing me to leave her alone and to let her come to me in repentance. And now the idea has come to reconcile with her. What spirit is bringing that idea? I was very suspicious of that spirit. So I just turned to God and I said, I'm willing to do this either way, whatever you want. If you want me to call her, I will. I had no indication at all from God that he wanted me to call her. I believe it was authored by another spirit trying to take me in a way that was not of God. Though it certainly seemed like a good idea. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So you have to be very careful about ideas that come to you, for much deception will be about in the last days. Satan comes as an angel of light to try to get us to do good works which are not authored for us by God. The Apostle Paul talked about these angels of light in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. During the past few years, I've had so many emails from men who have identified themselves as pastors. And usually what they want is me to come to their country at my own expense and help them with their church. And they want to set up conferences for me to work with other ministers. There was a time about 10 years ago when I asked God to really give me something 
solid to keep me in place because I knew God had shown me to stay at home, write the blog, and now do the podcast and work on Twitter. I knew God had shown me that. Since that time, I have had two operations due to accidents, and I'm 83 years old. I know it is not God's will for me to travel to Africa and help a minister, even though I would like to do that. But it's not the will of God. It would kill me. What I have found with these men is they are thinking of their own selves, not me. Paul said, in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of their own selves. Not once when I have told them of my age and my physical condition, not once has one of them even replied. They haven't said anything like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I had I didn't realize that. Not once have they said that to me. They're lovers of their own selves, trying to get something for themselves. And that will happen in the last days. We must not fall into their trap. For though it may seem like a good work, it is not of God. I told you about praying for God to give me something solid, concrete, to keep me in place because I was getting so many invitations to go out to other parts of the world, always at my own expense, to help some minister. And God said to me by the Holy Spirit, Remember the cat? And I said, oh, yes, the cat. I have a cat that has to be cared for. But, of course, now I I can't even walk. I walk on a walker for a few feet. And sometimes I have to go to bed and rest, even after I have ridden in the car. And I don't even get out of the car. So I'm not in any condition to do such a thing as they're requesting. And I'm 83. But I can write exhortations for the church or I can record exhortations for the church and I can do it for hours at a time and usually I'm not even tired. So what does that tell you? It tells you I should stay home and tend to the blog and the podcast and not be pulled away by selfish ministers who are thinking only of themselves. And you're the same way. You're in a similar position. People will come to you to try to get you to do things with them or for them, to help them, that you are really, it's really unwise if you do it. We are in the end times. If possible, the devil would destroy us. Jesus says, thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. Another thing you must be aware of, there are some people in churches 
who think they are on an assignment from God and somehow it will involve you and you must be careful about following them. There was a woman that came to me. She was a Jewish realtor who said she was a Messianic Jew. And she said God had ordained her to sell my house in Texas. I was in the process of changing realtors at the time she came to me. But I didn't feel good about this woman because she had shown us that she would not follow the Bible. She even told us, oh, we have our own doctrine at church. Well, there is only one doctrine, and that doctrine is the New Testament Bible. So I didn't feel good about this woman. She told me, God has ordained me to sell your house in Texas. I chose another realtor at that time, and the house sold in two days. They will do things to you and tell you it's God and try to involve you in their plan. Be careful about this. You have to first of all remember Matthew 11.30. God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. If you feel at all uncomfortable about what they have proposed to you, the best thing to do is just tell them, I'll get back to you on that, and get away and pray. And let God firmly establish to you what he wants you to do. You can evaluate your situation with James 3.17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. Do you really have peace in this situation, or are you just a little troubled? If you are a little troubled, back off from it. Let God establish your thoughts. And the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is a very serious thing. I had a very good friend who practiced hypocrisy before I ever met her. She was raised Baptist. She became Catholic in order to marry a Catholic young man, a young man who was Catholic. She married him uh, in Italy. They moved to the United States, to New Orleans, and he left her, and they divorced. She was teaching second grade in Dallas, and she wanted to marry. She was attending a non-denominational church. She wanted to marry, to remarry, but she kept her divorce a secret, hypocrisy. She presented herself as an eligible young woman, eligible for marriage. There was a man in the church group whose wife had died of cancer. He had three children by that wife, and he had to raise them. He wanted a wife. So he began looking for a woman at their church group. He selected Donna and one other woman, 
to date to see if either of them would be suitable for his situation to marry them. But he didn't know Donna was divorced. At that time in the churches, they were still teaching Matthew 5, verse 32, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. They were teaching that in the church that he attended. But he didn't know Donna had been divorced. She was practicing hypocrisy. He selected her, dated her, and married her. I met them long after they had married. And I asked this man, if you had known Donna was divorced, would you have dated her? And he said, no, I don't think I would. But he did date her. He fell in love with her. He learned she was divorced before they married. So he could have backed out of it based on scripture. And he could have gone the way of scripture, but he chose to marry Donna. Later, Donna got cancer and died. This man had to go through two marriages, seeing his wife, both wives, die of cancer. There are penalties for sin. God might forgive you the sin, but there may be penalties attached. David certainly had penalties attached for the sin he committed where he had Uriah killed and then had a child by Uriah's wife. What did God do? He killed the child. David pled for the life of the child. God still killed the child. And God put two more penalties on David because of that sin. But he did not kill David. He set his sin aside, but he put penalties on it for this life. Well, you could have the same thing happen, especially if you knowingly do something that you know is a sin. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery? Hal knew that. He knew that scripture. But he married a divorced woman. God is a just God. There has to be some form of justice. And often I believe it is in penalties. I think some people open the door for the devil to move into their lives by being deceptive. So we want to live decent, honest, God-fearing lives. At the church I attended many years ago, there were was a young couple, married couple, and they quit their secular jobs to move to Israel to minister. About one week later, they were back at church, and everybody was saying, what happened? And they said, well, it was impossible for us to minister in Israel. We didn't know the language. What kind of spirit sent them to Israel to minister? Do you really think... That was the Spirit of God sending them to minister in Israel? I don't. I don't believe it is. I think it was some form of religious spirit appealing to their egos where they wanted to do good works, works for God. 
I had a woman come to me once at church. This was after God put me on the radio. And she says, I want to do what you do. And I said, you do? I couldn't imagine wanting to do what I was doing. I was assigned it by God and put on radio by God. And I was excited about radio and doing the exhortations. But I wouldn't have deliberately chosen what I ended up doing. I do it because this is what God wanted. This is what you have to do. It's what God wants, not what your own, maybe even puffed up foolish lust wants to do. I had two separate times that I fell at my house in Texas and was injured. The first time I fell, I didn't have to be hospitalized. I had broken some bones in my upper arm, but I did not have to be hospitalized. I needed help, and I lived alone. One of our church members wanted to help, but I didn't feel right about that. I hired a home health service. She was upset when I hired the home health service because she said God had assigned her to help me, and I was taking away her assignment. Well, I hired them anyway. After a few weeks, she agreed it was a good idea to have the home health care come and help me. People will tell you God has assigned you to do such and such. That doesn't mean he has. And if it involves you in any way, you really can't afford to go along with it unless you have great peace about it and feel really comfortable about the situation, which I did not in this case. We must not allow spirits that deceive church people to deceive us. We must not go along with this, for they can destroy us. Deception is rampant in the end times. Before Jesus returns for the church, it will be worse. The Apostle Paul said evil men and deceivers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He tells us to continue in the things that we believe we've heard from God and continue in the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make us wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable to us for correction, for rebuke, for instruction, so that we will know the way to go. And don't rush into it. Unless you're absolutely certain God has assigned it to you, don't rush into it. Pray. Let God have time to really establish your thinking on that subject. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. James 1.5 So pray and give God time to really establish one way or another what you're to do 
when there's a question involved in it. He will. He will do something to show you which one, which choice is his. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.